Sue Derichko, running for Ohio's 24th State Senate District. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming in. I appreciate you. See, you're a, full, you're a full-time nurse, right? I am a full-time nurse. So you had to take time out of the day to come down here to Cuyahoga County's Democratic Party headquarters for this, so I appreciate you. It is my favorite way to spend my lunch break. <laughs> oh, this is a lunch break? <laughs> yes. What, what kind of nursing do you do? So I am a, a geriatric nurse, and I support teams um, in assisted living and memory care in four different states, Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, and Illinois. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. About myself mm-hmm. or about being a nurse? About, well, whatever you think is going to be the best. Well, um, okay. Yeah. I mean, we know that you're a city council for Parma Heights at large, correct? Yes. What, what else? So I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I have adult children, so I can't claim to have children. I have adults. Um, and I do serve Parma Heights on city council at large. And I am a nurse. I've been a nurse for almost 16 years. Wow. I love taking care of our seniors. And you're in, is it memory care? It, it is both. It's assisted living and it's memory care. What, what is memory care? So it's memory support, really. It's anyone who falls under that dementia umbrella mm. that, you know, it really does, um, um, it covers a, a broad area of anyone who ha- requires cognitive support care or um, has any kind of dementia process from varying causes. Right. Right. My, my, I think so Alzheimer's will be part of that as well. Sure. Okay. So my, my, my mother was a, a nurse. Uh, she was an LPN at a care facility as well for many years. And, you know, it, it's a hard job. It is. It's a hard job. And, and it's needed it because uh, a lot of people just don't have the facility. They don't have the skill, the facilities, the yeah. patience to take care of um, very challenging clients. Uh, what would you call it, clients, or would you call it customers? Would you call it uh, patients? Or <laughs> So in the setting, we call them our residents. Okay, okay. They take up residency in the community, um, but they're people. Okay, right. people's a good one. People's grandma, a good one. Grandpa, mom, dad, was, however I'll, you want. I'm over here like clients, like looking at like a business. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should take that out and uh, edit myself. It's very satisfying work it's it's a work that's truly a calling either you are a nurse or you are not a nurse and if you are a nurse and you're in memory care you're definitely somebody who understands the need of individuals um, mutual respect dignity advocacy somebody who um, provides appropriate intervention of course safety um, but basically treating people like the human beings that they are. Right. Mm-hmm. I asked this about uh, to the judges um, when I was uh, talking to the judges, the judicial candidates running for either Court of Common Pleas or, um, and I asked them about their their mental health um, when it comes to their job because they see the, the worst of the worst mm-hmm. in their worst situations and on their worst days over and over and over again for years. And I was like, man, how do you, how do you, mentally deal with seeing some of the most heinous crimes over and over and over again and still have like a hope for humanity and civilization but you see it in a different way where it's like the end of end of uh, life care uh, with people that you really care about and you see their family members and sometimes they just don't remember who people are and have difficult days themselves um, how do you deal with that yourself like to see people come and go mm-hmm. and you know have decline and you continue to show up to work 16 years later 
Yes. So for me, it's about having a servant's heart, right? I'm sorry, that was a deep, deep question. I yeah, didn't mean no, to go there, but it's great. And and honestly, I I love those kind of questions because it helps not only me but people listening and around to understand. Um, it's about creating those meaningful connections with the people that are placed in your care mm-hmm. and reaping the satisfaction of knowing, even if it's on a small level each day, you made a difference in someone else's life. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, no matter how long it is, it, it, it could be eight hours, it could be 12, it could be 16 when you're replacement doesn't show up um, it's going home and knowing that you maybe brought joy to someone's day or humor to someone's day of course there's the logistical side right um, you know administering medications and treatments and therapies um, and making sure that they're nutritionally sound and and um, that they have access to life enrichment and socialization or bringing it to them but it's really making that um, helping them to feel seen mm-hmm. and heard and cared for that's deeply satisfying we're we're all in this world together because we need each other this might be a weird question um but why do you feel that you're qualified to be a, a state representative? Look, uh, a lot of times when you see people running for these offices, they are coming from a lawyer background or some kind of legal background, or mm-hmm. <laughs> they're businessmen and they they made a lot of money. They're like, so hey, I was successful with business, so therefore I'll just you know run to be your state representative or you know your congressman because mm-hmm. I'm rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- why do you think that a nurse would be a good fit for this? And do we need more nurses or other jobs mm-hmm. within? Uh, represent representation it's a great question and I I feel we just need balance right mm-hmm. so there is a place in the state legislation for lawyers there is a place for our business minded individuals but there's also a place and a need for our um, caregiving individuals and to have a balance in that representation so even more so than my service to Parma Heights by being a city council woman at large, I, I tap into my experience as a nurse when I visualize myself in that role at the state level. And it's because what what I feel we need now is more people who promote advocacy, empathy, and that have integrity. Mm-hmm. And nurses genuinely embody all three of those characteristics. I also think it's very important to have people who are good listeners. Mm-hmm. If you're not a good listener and, and you don't take the time to actively listen, in other words, like, you know, if you're in a conversation or an interview and you're trying hard to think, Think about what you're going to contribute next instead of pausing and really being present in the moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You miss a lot. Mm-hmm. And I feel as a state legislator, I would be extremely um, effective in that listening portion of it and staying in tune and in touch with the community I serve. So that when it comes time to make decisions and cast a vote, I'm casting a vote and making decisions based on the community's true need. 
I almost kind of feel like you called me out there. Like, what? I don't want to be the person that's thinking about the next thing to, to say. I'm like over here thinking about the next thing to say because I'm asking the questions. Uh, so um. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't my intent. It's just been a little bit of an observation or an experience just overall. I mean, it's not this interview. It's not nursing. It's not city council. No, I got you. I in got general, you. In general. In I, I have bad jokes on this show. <laughs> real bad jokes. Um, how do you plan? How do you interpret the uh, the job of a state senator? What do you think that? What do you, how do you interpret if you're going to write your own job description? What is your day to day? What do you, when you go down to Columbus? What do you feel your job is? Well, being a new legislator, I obviously will have to orient and learn, right? And and figure out who's who and what's what and where everything is and how the process works. But it's about, again, listening to, you know, the community. So the community that you serve, what do they celebrate? Where and what are their barriers? What do they need? So in terms of legislation, um, it's understanding that and then voting in favor of the majority. I mm -hmm. mean, I, I'm running as a Democrat. And of course, I, I believe in the Democratic Party and the principles. And that's for my race. That's for 2024. Once I'm seated... I'm charged and responsible with representing everybody across party lines, no matter what your beliefs are, and putting my own personal beliefs aside, unless, of course, they fall into the majority of you know what the people want. Because mm -hmm. as, as a, an elected official, and it's always been my belief that you are simply an instrument. You're a voice for those people who voted you into office. It's not for you, it's for them. The people are the government. We're just the instruments that, you know, express what those people need and want. I, I think it's something that it sounds so fundamental in 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 words, but it's not commonly practiced, desperately needed. What do you think the people want right now? They want to be heard. They want to be respected. And what are they telling like, you? Uh, so what are they telling me mm -hmm. personally? I mean, I mean, you're you're, you're out there campaigning. Mm -hmm. uh, you need you, you said that you know I'm running, running this race. I want to represent my district, and it's going to remember. What, what do you hear that is not being connected from the people to their state representatives? So their their will isn't being supported. I mean, we came out of 2023, and the people spoke in the ballot box, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, almost immediately, what was it, 24, 48, 72 hours later at the state level, those things were already, you know, they were subverting the will of the voters by their attempts to dismantle what was done mm -hmm. um, with issue one, with issue two. I, I mean, we have the ongoing concerns with gerrymandering. I mean, we don't, we have the most strict voting identification laws in place right now um, compared to other states and we have 2019 showed us there was a mass erasing of voter registration there's just a lot of concerning pieces right now that have left and, and this is what i'm hearing have left a lot of people feeling underrepresented underheard and under respected mm -hmm. they, they're speaking 
and we're not listening, or if we do listen, then we try to undo their voice. What do you think they're saying about your um, uh, general election opponent? Uh, his name is Tom Patton. Their uh, article just came out the other day that within his about 20 years of being in office, he spent about close to a million dollars, and it looks like as a personal slush fund of using it for, well, you know, club seat tickets in uh, Cavs games and and uh, fancy dinners and, you know, all the fanciest uh, MacBook computers for him and his and everybody else. Uh, what, what do you say about, what do you think the people are saying about that when they saw that? So the feedback that I've gotten has been varied in detail or perspective, but it's been universally consistent with my overall feeling. So I could speak to how I view it. Um, taking my opponent out of the equation and just speaking to the integrity of the seats that are of the people and for the people, when any candidate or any elected official abuses any portion of that, it, it, it truly separates the government of the people from these elected officials. In other words, you're breaching their trust. Hmm. Right. It's it's. Um, so this was a breach of trust. Of course. Mm. Of course. Um, and unfortunately, for anyone in elected office, whether you're um, in a civic position or you're a union leader or you are, um, you know, voted in in any kind of um, group into a leadership role, it has a negative impact on all of us. Whether we have integrity for those rules or not, the public, unfortunately, puts kind of a blanket application of that across the board to everyone. So it makes us all look bad. You're going to be elected in November. You're going to go down to Columbus. Uh, I bet you have a couple of things on your radar once you get into office. How are you? What What is on your radar? What issues are you thinking about uh, that you're going to take down to Columbus that you want to personally work on? And also, um, how are you going to get those done in a super majority? Even if the elections go very good for all of all Democrats, mm -hmm. we're still going to be in a minority. Mm -hmm. um, how are you? How do you feel you're going to get those done in Columbus? So, practically speaking and productivity speaking, of course, I'm not going to know until I get there. I mean, that's my best answer. Mm -hmm. But knowing me and knowing that from time to time in my long journey of life, I've been up against some pretty adverse situations and I've persevered. I have a tenacity about me that people don't recognize. I, I know that I'm a kind heart and I lead with my kind heart, but I am willing to fight and I am willing to create shifts. And I have been recognized as a tremendous leader and just how I live my life and, and go about my responsibilities. My goal and my hope is to, by flipping this seat and sending a much needed female Democrat to the state house, I could help to create other shifts. Of course, we have the initiative citizens, not politicians, that we will get on the ballot with our 400,000 plus signatures by July. Um, and to uh, take some of that <clears throat> power grab um, out of the equation and leave it to a fair um, committee of uh, uh, 
five Democrats and five Republicans and five independents that are not elected officials, that are not lobbyists, that don't have a personal interest in it, to look at and rewrite those maps so that we could eliminate that supermajority and have a more fair balance of representation. What we have now is not. And there are certain portions of the population that could easily claim taxation without representation. You, you said you're going to be a female Democrat down in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, you were talking to me before this and said that there is a misrepresentation of females in Columbus. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. So there are in the state, um, out of the state senators, 33 of them, there's 25 men and there's eight women. And that's for Republicans and Democrats. Yes. So all, all together, yes. there's. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. And, and I don't know the breakdown of those eight women sure. where they fall. I, it's. I think it's pretty much four and four or close to. Well, it. it doesn't sound like it's the fifty-two percent of the Ohio population it's that not. is. Okay. It's so. Not. So eleven point seven million Ohioans. I'm pretty certain that there's more than that percentage being female. Right, right. Or else uh, that population would be going down really quickly, (laughs) really quickly. You did not mention uh, some of the issues that are on your radar for when you get into office and take that down to Columbus. Is there anything that's on your on your radar that you really want to address that's really important to you? Yes. So I want to um, continue to understand better the needs of the people in Ohio as it relates to health care. Being a nurse, that's just very near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. I have um, not only witnessed the struggles of affordable and accessible health care in what I do professionally, but I felt it personally. Um, if I go into my um, full-time work as a geriatric nurse, I know um, too often we have a population of people who need health care access and ease in health care access because they're not able to navigate some of these complicated um, application processes or maintenance of, you know, um, services through Medicaid and passport waiver. Their middle-aged adult children are busy, you know, with their own lives and personal and professional responsibilities. So there has to be an easier path um, of how to access it and to maintain it and also an expansion upon it. I see too many times our seniors, they, they work hard their entire lives and they save and they spend down the proceeds of their home. They tap into their 401k. Mm-hmm. They they yep. had a legacy they wanted to leave to their family that they can no longer leave because they have to spend it on health care, which is costly. Right. We're failing them. Now, do I have the answers of how to not fail them? Of course I don't, but I'm one me. But I am willing to open that conversation and collaborate with the others at the state level to come up with a plan that works better for Ohioans. I love that. Mm-hmm. Sue Richko, where can people find you? How can they donate to your campaign? How can they volunteer for your campaign? Sure. Thank you for this time. And, and thank you to anyone who's listening. Um, I appreciate that. I hope there's people listening. Yeah, I hope there are people <laughs> listening. And I hope that they do um, their research on me and they do reach out and try to connect with me. Um, they could find me at sue4ohio.com. That's my website. There is a volunteer and donation button on that website, as well as my bio and some of my platform um, and some of my endorsements, which I'm proud of. Um, and then they could also find me at Sue DeRichko for Ohio Senate on Facebook. 
And that's F-O-R, correct? F-O-R. Sue, F-O-R, Ohio.com. Sue Durisco for Ohio's 24th State Senate District. Thank you very much for coming on the show and sharing your race with us. I appreciate it. Thank you, Matt.